SAFM Sports Wrap. Good evening to you. Welcome to SAFM Sports Wrap. It is a Wednesday evening. I'm Brad Brown with you until 7 o'clock this evening. And coming up on tonight's show, we'll chat to former Proteas quick bowler Andre Nell about the upcoming T20 series against Australia. We'll also touch base with one of the most inspiring people I know. Peter Dupria joins us uh, following his nomination for his Laureus Sport Award. And we'll also look at some athletics in Limpopo. But let's look at what's happening in news headlines. And we start with uh, football news. Nedbank Cup round of 32 gets underway tonight. Nedbank Cup debutants from Tata Bucks playing Santos at the Athlone Stadium. And then Maritzburg United up against Black Leopards. That match taking place at the Harry Guala. But looking ahead to the weekend, the big clash to look forward to is another Soweto Derby Orlando Pirates up against Kaiser Chiefs Saturday afternoon at the FNB Stadium and Pirates coach Eric Tinkler says the days leading into a Soweto Derby are probably the easiest to coach the team because the players are highly motivated. Not many that arrive late for training. Everybody's on time. <clears throat> Everybody's working extremely hard. Everybody wants to be in the starting 11 because they know how big the Derby is and what an occasion it is. So for me, it becomes a, <laughs> a lot easier. Both of the Soweto clubs are yet to lift silverware this season, and Tinkler knows the importance of winning cups as one of the powerhouses of South African football. Obviously, at Pirates, you expect it to, to win trophies. We're still in the net bank. That's a very important competition for us. You know, we're coming against our arch rivals again in that competition. Now, maybe that's a blessing in disguise, you know, because you're playing against tough opposition, good opposition. And, you know, the, we've been performing very, very well, well against Chiefs. Then, obviously, we can progress further in the net bank. And, obviously, that is a target for us. One of the concerns for Pirates is Les Lolo Majoro's form up front. But, of late, Tinkler says uh, they're monitoring the situation to figure out why the striker hasn't been scoring. You know, I look at the, the amount of work that he puts in during the game. What was his movement like? Did he, did he do what we had planned to do in terms of his movement? Did he look to get in behind and receive the ball in behind the defence? And if I see him doing all of that, but the supply is not coming, then obviously I cannot, I cannot fault the striker. I need to fault, obviously, the players who are supposed to be supplying him with the ball. Staying with domestic football news, Polokwane City have confirmed that midfielder Nazir Jacobs is in critical but stable condition that following a car accident on Friday. South Africa's para-cyclist Peter Dupree has been nominated for the Laureus World Sportsperson of the Year with a Disability Award. Dupree won gold at the time trial and road race in the H1 class of the World Championships. He also finished the year ranked number one in the world. Some of the other nominees for the Sportsman of the Year Award, Usain Bolt, Stephen Curry, Novak Djokovic, Lewis Hamilton, Lionel Messi, and Jordan Spieth, uh, the Sportswoman of the Year Award, Genzebi Dababa and Fenninger, uh, Shillian Fraser-Price, Katie Ledecky, Carly Lloyd and Serena Williams, while the team of the Year Award nominees are Barcelona, All Blacks, the Golden State Warriors, the Great Britain Davis Cup tennis team, Mercedes Formula One team, as well as the USA women's football team. On to Super Rugby News, Bulls trio of Rudy Page, Warwick Galanta and Berger Woodendahl have all signed two-year extensions to their contracts with the franchise. One of the players that's been pretty vocal about the financial issues and non-payment of players at the Kings, Espia Marais, has agreed to join the Bulls. That on a two-month contract pending a medical. And staying with news out of the Bulls camp, ahead of this weekend's clash against the Rebels, they'll be without Jesse Krill. He's picked up a concussion. Coach Nolis Marais has more. So a bit unfortunate. Uh, injuries doesn't keep away from Loftus. So about 20 minutes ago in our training session, he put his head on the wrong side. of a normal attack defense with a back line, so... 
I will not take a chance with Jesse's Grill's health. And that means that Jan Sarfentein will move to 13. And Birgit Wernal will move into 12. Quick cricket update for you. T20 International taking place in Murdford, Pakistan. Batting first, 129 for 7 in reply. Bangladesh, 91 for 4 after 15.4 overs. They need 36 runs of 26 balls with 6 wickets remaining. We'll chat to Peter Dupree next here on SAFM Sports Wrap. SAFM Sports Wrap. You're listening to SAFM and you would have heard on PM Live this afternoon that the nominees for the annual uh, Laureus Sports Awards were announced today and there's a South African that has been included in what can only be called an illustrious list. The names uh, go on and on. I mean, some of the names uh, are, are phenomenal. You look at the Sportsman of the Year, Usain Bolt, Stephen Curry, Novak Djokovic, Lewis Hamilton, Lionel Messi, Jordan Spieth on the ladies' side of things, Genzebi de Baba, uh, Shelly Ann Fraser-Price, Katie Ledecky, Carly Lloyd, Serena Williams, but uh, South Africa's paracyclist, Peter Dupree, have been nominated for the Laureus World Sports Person of the Year with a Disability. Uh, Peter won the time trial and road race in the H1 class at the World Championships. Uh, he finished the year ranked in number one, and he joins us now on SAFM Sports Chat. Peter, welcome back onto the show. First of all, congratulations. You must be pretty chuffed with that nomination. You're in good company. Yeah, no, I mean, uh, I must be honest. I think it's one of the greatest moments of my life, Brad. So, um, yeah, and the support has just been phenomenal, and yeah, I was very excited, you know, and, and um, proudly South African, and also proud to be representing quadriplegics in the world. Yeah, let's talk about your 2015. You you had a phenomenal year. I mean, you you just I mean I mentioned those titles that you picked up. You were ranked number mm. one in the world at the end of the year. W- would you say athletically, it's been your your best year yet? Yeah, well, to be honest, Brad, I'm actually nominated for athletics and cycling. Um, so I mean, last year I won four international marathons um, in the racing chair as well. Um, of Berlin, I won the 40 in a row. In the racing chair, I broke the 10,000 meter world record. I also broke a couple of African records. And I'm ranked number one in the world in the 800, 1500, 5000, 10000 and the marathon. So, you know, if you put that on top of the aerocycling accolades, uh, you know, I just had a flawless year. And I, I mean, it's going to be very difficult for me to ever top this, um, you know, but you never know. You know, you never know. And I mean, on top of that, I did finish my third Ironman. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, let's not even touch on the Ironman because that's that's an incredible performance as well. But for, yes. for you, I mean, your story—we've spoken about it uh, before here on SAFM, and and just sort of how how it all came about that you ended up in a wheelchair. You were obviously a very competitive junior triathlete. You got you got uh, hit by a car while you were on the bike, and that's what what caused your your injury. Mm. And and your stories incredibly motivational uh, it, it's just such a, a phenomenal phenomenal comeback story and and obviously that's one thing you've you've received a lot of a lot of praise for but how good is it to be recognized as an athlete yeah no, look i think that's that's the key thing for me yeah you know it's really incredible and i, I suppose you know it, it's one of the special things that you can inspire people and you know, everybody always sees me as this inspiration but i think they sometimes miss the fact that you are actually a really brilliant athlete as well. And, I mean, for Laureus to recognize what an athlete I am. And, I, you know, for me, I want to add on to that in terms of, I think, you know, sometimes the great performances of quadriplegics in disability sport um, are most often overlooked. And, uh, you know, I think being recognized as a quadriplegic and a South African quadriplegic athlete is something I'm extremely proud of, you know. And, um, yeah, that's why I'm saying, you know, I don't think anything else, I've ever done can top this. You know, it's just a really special feeling at the moment. The award ceremony is happening in Germany next month in Berlin. Berlin holds a, a very special place in your heart, and I've got a funny feeling it's a good omen. 
Yeah, no, I mean, as I told you, you know, I started my disability, well, my, my wheelchair racing career as an athlete with a disability um, in Berlin in 2008 for the Berlin Marathon, and subsequently I've won four Berlin Marathons in a row over the last four years. So we can only hold thumbs. But, I mean, good luck to all the other nominees. I mean, it's it's just a list of incredibly great athletes in all the categories. Um, so, you know, for me, just being there already is one of the greatest honors. But, you know, I feel well, I thought already deserve to take it as all, well, but, so do all the rest, so it's just hope that, you know, I can do it for South Africa. Yeah, it's one of those awards. I mean, I mentioned some of those names, and you look at the teams that, that have been nominated for Team of the Year as well. There's lots of awards that go along with this, but it, it's the who's who of, of the world of sport. It's the Oscars of sport, and, and you're there nominated. It, it must be. I mean, can you describe the feeling when you, when you first found out that you were on that list? Yes. Well, to be honest, Brad, I, I'm not a guy that cries often, um, and, I, you know, I did have a tear in my eye, because it, for me, it, as I said, you know, being recognized as an athlete, uh, you know, over the last couple of years, I've really performed so well, um, and I, I believe that in some of the, you know, awards ceremonies, things didn't go my way, but, I mean, so be it. So, you know, to finally crack the knot on the biggest world stage of sports awards, um, you know, it's just really special for me, and it's really special for my wife as well. Um, you know, because it was a team effort, you know, all the way through. So, so yeah, you know, um, and I, I would just like to thank all my supporters, my sponsors, um, everybody who's been on this journey with me. You know, it, it's just been incredible. And I have to mention the Lloyds um, for, for how they've been behind me all the way as well. You know, it's just, it's just incredible, you know. You, you say it's difficult to top 2015. 2016, you're going to need to top it athletically because it's a big year uh, as far as yeah. athletics go. What, what are you hoping to achieve this year? Well, um, yeah, you know, there, there was, again, some difficulties last year, you know, with some of the events um, and administration. So, unfortunately, the only event that's going to be at Paralympics for me this year is the 100 and the 400. Um, so, time-wise, I have qualified, but, you know, in the end, you have to be ranked in the top um, and, you know, be selected by the Federation and, and the National Paralympic Committee. So, you know, if I can get there... You know, I'll be really happy to go and hopefully chase down the middle at the Paralympics. But, um, you know, there's obviously also a lot of other world records uh, in all the different sports to chase down as we go on. So, you know, there'll always be something on the cards. But obviously, being a Paralympic year, that's where my focus is. Peter, one thing I love about your story is that you just overcome incredible obstacles to, to get to where you are now. And if there's, there's one thing you want people to take out of your story and your journey, what, what would it be? You know, there's two things for me, but I think the biggest, one of my favorite comments is um, when a bad thing happens, it's an opportunity to be great. Um, so, you know, I just would love people to take that out of it. And, um, you know, the other thing for me is, you know, God created our lives. We must just go out and live it. So just go live it. You know, that's the two big things for me. That's bigger my life. You mentioned Ironman as well. Uh, you've done three now. Have you got another one planned this year? I've got one coming up in, in five and a bit weeks. Are you planning on another one in 2016? Yeah. Look, I mean, we'll have to see how things go. Um, obviously, with Paralympics and having to focus on sprints, um, you know, at this stage, it's not on the cards. If it is, it will be Puzzleton at the end of the year after all these things again. Um, but, I mean, I'll have to see how the training and everything goes. But, um, you know, I still, at the back of my mind, want to get that sub-12 Ironman. Um, you know, I'm still the only quadriplegic who's ever done an Ironman, and I've done three now, but um, I, I firmly believe a sub-12 is possible. So maybe, maybe one at the end of the year, otherwise next year, but we'll see how it goes. 
Peter, good luck for you. Yeah, I need all the help I can get. I'm afraid. <laughs> Peter, as always, it's just incredible chatting to you. I love your spirit, and I and I think you're amazing. And I'm a huge fan. I'll be having everything held and crossed, and sending so many positive vibes. Uh, come the award ceremony in Berlin. I really hope you win this award. You you surely do deserve it. And uh, we'll be be sending all our best wishes from from here at SAFM. Thanks so much, Pat. I really appreciate the support from you, from Cycling South Africa, SAFPD, and the whole of South Africa throughout my journey. And I really hope come 18 April I can do it for you guys. Thanks so much. Well, coming up next here on SAFM Sports Wrap, another Ironman. We're not going to be chatting uh, triathlon with him. He's a uh, former pro tier. We'll be talking cricket with Andre Nell. That's next. Insuring one of the top 100 companies listed on the JSE is quite a nice feather to have in one's cap. You can be prouder still if you insure five, and those who insure 10 have a lot to celebrate. At Suntum, we insure 86, which proves that we know a thing or two about protecting the successful businesses of others. Speak to your broker about how we can protect your business or visit suntum.co.za. Suntum, insurance good and proper, an authorized financial services provider. Don't forget to tune into the health update tomorrow at 5 past 11. Proudly brought to you by MediClinic, expertise you can trust. Just when you think you missed that one conversation in that one show, no, you didn't. Catch it once again on overnights, 12 midnights to 4 a.m. Here with me, Nairo Pondra, SFM, South Africa's news and information leader. This is Sport on SAFM, every supporter's greatest resource. You're listening to SAFM, South Africa's news and information leader. Time to chat some cricket now. And uh, we're looking ahead to the T20 series between the Proteas and Australia. We're joined now by former Protea Andre Nell. Andre, welcome back onto the show. Nice to catch up once again. Uh, how's it, Brad? How are you doing, man? Yeah, awesome, Andre. Looking forward to, to the cricket this weekend. Uh, the English series, uh, particularly the shorter stuff, the one days and the T20s, I think the team will take a lot of confidence out of the way they particularly bounce back in that one-day series to, to clinch it going into this uh, clash against the Aussies. Yeah, I think I'm also very excited this last two weekends. There's not much to watch on television. There's a bit of rugby, so it's nice to watch a bit of cricket again, but um, um, I think, yeah, it's going to be exciting. They've done well in the one-day competition and also 2020 against uh, England, uh, but hopefully can keep their conference and performances going forward to the Australian series now this is starting this weekend. And hopefully can do well and take that, um, that positiveness and to the World Cup. Yeah, the World Cup is obviously the big thing that's looming from here. These three games against Australia are vital to go into that World Cup. Should we read too much into this, or is it a case of, you know what, if we want to make a stake at that World Cup title, we need to win this one and win it well? Yeah, I think it's going to be a lot of experimentation, getting the right combinations in certain areas, especially our footballer and uh, all those little small things I think they're going to try and uh, play around with. Uh, it'll be awesome if you can win this series, and it'll be a great conference to take the World Cup. But I don't think we have to read it too much into it. I think it's going to be experimentation from both sides to see how their combination is going to be for the World Cup. You talk about those combinations, and if you look at the one-day series against England, we, we struggled in those... The, 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 well, I say we struggled. It, it was a lot closer than the results uh, sort of were made in the end. We, we lost the first two. But one thing that I picked up towards the end of that series was how the all-rounders came to the fore. I think of the likes of David Visser. I, I think of... Uh, of Chris Morris as well. Do you think that the all-rounders are going to play a much bigger role going forward, particularly where the Proteas have said in, in the last couple of seasons that they want specialists in those positions? 
Um, I think they're going to play a massive role, and it's good to see uh, Chris Morris coming to the fore with some good performances with the ball, especially with the back getting us out of trouble at the Wanderers and at um, Newlands. Um, Dave Visa is also a decent um, batter. He hasn't performed that well with the ball, I don't think. But I think it's going to be important, especially in India, having good all-rounders and little players that can, can tie up and bowl good lengths with a lot of cutters. And then at the end, you need those big hitters. And David Visa and uh, Chris Morris both are, are in that situation that they can clear the boundaries, especially on small boundaries in India. So I think they're going to play a crucial role for us in the World Cup. Uh, and the other warriors, of course, uh, Aaron so he's, he's been started and possibly can't go to the World Cup. And if that's the case, uh, who do they bring in? Um, so it's going to be quite tricky to see who they bring in. Looking, looking at Aaron, I mean, let, let's chat about that. I spoke to Jeffrey Tiano about it last night, and, and he was quite surprised that he had been called this late in his career again. I mean, he's 32 years old. Uh, he's been bowling for a long time. Was, was his action being reported a surprise to you, or, or, or I mean, did you expect it? Um, uh, if you look at his action, he does bowl a bit of a round arm, and even Rufan and is pretty similar. So, yeah, I don't think it was a surprise. Um, but uh, I'm very surprised that it happened before the World Cup and the, the Chris Africa and the, the governing board didn't sort his action out before uh, so close to the World Cup. But it has happened now and hopefully it's not a big issue and they can fix it. Um, and then the guys you can bring in if he's not selected, it, it could be probably uh, Tavara Shamdi. He's done well for, for the Titans. He's done well around the world playing in the T20 Cup in um, West Indies. And then, of course, uh, Dan Pitt, he's done well with South Africa in general. We play test series, and he can bring something different also in those conditions. He, he spins the ball quite a lot, and could be quite effective in those conditions in India. Looking at uh, at the, the sort of batting lineup, and, and I mean, you look look at how we, we struggled a bit in, in the test matches. Obviously, the one-day stuff, it was, it was a lot better. Are you happy with the balance as far as the batters go? Yeah, I think we got good balance uh, of, of batters. This all depends. We've got the biggest thing is we've seen in this base and hope that Abel Villas performs every game because that's the, the, the suggestions and what you, you read in newspapers. Everybody hopes AB uh, does the business and everybody chips in. The guys need to stand up and man up and non risk depend on AB, especially to, to contribute massive runs all the time. Yes, he's good enough and he hopes he does that. But if he doesn't, other guys need to man up, like Faf needs to man up. Um, and a few other guys, JPD needs to man up and Mo needs to man up uh, and score big runs if AB fails. Looking, looking at AB, I, I mean, you, you mentioned how much we do rely on a, a player like him. I mean, he's he's a freak of nature, Andre. I mean, you just look at the way the guy bats. He, he, there's nothing he can do wrong. I mean, if he if he comes off on the day, I mean, he can he can win a, a game by himself. Yeah, no, he, he's a freak, and he's a freak with everything he does, golf, tennis, XK, whatever. <laughs> he's pretty, pretty, handy. he's pretty good at it. So I, I think he, he's taken one day batting to a new level with his inventiveness, the way he, he sets himself to eat the ball in funny areas and strange areas, and to come off as consistently as he does is, is an unbelievable um, uh, effort. But the thing is, and he's also experienced those conditions playing up there quite often and a lot, he knows the field are quite small. He, he knows what to expect on the conditions. And he played a massive part, hopefully, with the African side to give him the information and hopefully perform in those conditions. But, yeah, like I said, he, he, he hopefully performed consistently. But, unfortunately, if he doesn't, 
Let's touch on the Aussies. Uh, how much do we know about them? I mean, they've, they're in a bit of a, a transition phase at the moment as well. A lot of the senior players have, have sort of packed it in over the last season or so. Uh, they're always a dangerous outfit, particularly playing against South Africa, because they always seem to list their game against us. Yeah, I think that's a good old Australia. The Sunday they miss playing against other and they never want to lose against the Africans. Um, I think they've got a good side. They've got a good balanced side. Some dangerous batters that can clear the boundary. They're very effective. They're bowlers. All the bowlers amazing. You, you see them on the speed manometer, and it looks like anybody 130, 135. But when you play against them, it seems like they're just a bit harder than um, other bowlers. So it's very strange how they do it. And it's just the, the Aussie way. They just hit the deck hard and hit the bat uh, quite hard. So I think they'll be a dangerous outfit. Um, but uh, I think if we play smart cricket and hopefully tell the team how we can beat them quite easily. You were one of the, the fiercest competitors out there as well. Been a build up to a series like this. Do you do you miss it? Do you wish you were out there with the guys and, and fighting particularly against the Aussies? Well, yeah, I always like uh, a bit of a battle, and especially against the Aussies because I think I sort of base my way of playing a lot like them. I played hard on the field, and I'll probably be the first person to have a beer and a drink with you, and, and that's the way I model my um, attack and game on. So it's always nice to play against the Aussies. So. Yeah, you do miss it, but um, I think the body wouldn't hold for um, 20 hours anymore now. The intensity and the, the energy I have to put in, I don't think it will last at um, my age anymore. <laughs> Andre, come on, it's only four overs as a bowler. I'm sure you can manage it. Yeah, you never know, but I'm playing as a batting, I'm playing as a batting all-rounder, so it's going to be hard to win both of I love it. Andre, now thank you so much for your time once again here on SAFM Sports Wrap. Looking forward to catching up uh, again soon. And uh, yeah, enjoy the enjoy the series. If we don't chat for the World Cup, enjoy the World Cup too. Thanks so much, brother. Thanks for calling. Good luck with the training. Ah, thanks, mate. You too. Okay, cheers, bad. SAFM Sports Wrap. Limpopo School Sports hosted their primary school track and field provincial championships at the old Peter Macabre Stadium today. Limpopo School Athletics Secretary Peter Maluleka says they'll select around 110 learners to represent the province at the national event in Port Elizabeth on the 11th and 12th of March this year. Though the team was not named today, Maluleka is confident they'll have achieved their target number of athletes. The province will also host the secondary school meet on Thursday the 3rd of March where they're expected to select at least 120 learners. Maluleka also revealed that uh, the special needs schools have not been left out of these competitions. And uh, at the same time that we'll be having a secondary schools championships here at Peter Mukabo, there will be another discipline which is in our athletics fold, which is the Elson schools. You'll remember Elson is learners with special educational needs. Uh, the MMH group, which is the mentally mild handicap, which comprises of three major schools here in the province, which is General Pete Gilbert, which is here in Polokwane. The other school is Matlaseri at uh, Lubokhomu, and uh, Susan Stradom, which is in Murimulle, complemented by other schools around, like Stutuluan, which have basically some of those athletes. And um, at a World School, Nailstrom will be having a team that is, will be selecting 60 athletes. Uh, for the Elson schools. So tomorrow we'll be selecting a total of 120 athletes, basically from the mainstream able body and the MMH group. So all in all, we are expected to have a team coming from Limpopo of the three categories, which is a maximum of 290 athletes. There were, however, some challenges that needed to be overcome at the primary school day, including suspicious officiating. 
In one of the events, the 1200 metres for under 10 boys and girls, learners didn't begin at the right starting points, and as a result, some of the athletes were disadvantaged. Some of the officials confessed off the record that they didn't understand some of the rules in the events that they were officiating. Mother Lekka, when asked about the issue, said they take training of teachers seriously. However, because of other factors, they fall short. It much is, is been taken into consideration. The last training uh, that we had, we had a massive number of educators that were trained was in 2014. You remember that in 2014, Limpopo hosted the National School Secondary Schools Championships here at Peter Mukaba Stadium. We trained in excess of 120 uh, officials, but um, due to the uh, factors beyond our control, you would find that educators either resign, retire, or take um, reroute their career paths. So all those uh, skills that we have in the province are lost through those factors that I've already mentioned. And um, we are busy organizing because one of the roles of the two departments, that is uh, the Provincial Department of Education and Department of Sports and Culture, is to support school sport codes. We have made submissions of specifications that we need to have another training course for technical officials so that uh, we are able to get back to the numbers and the skills that we'll be able to officiate without any challenges. We have noted um, one on one or two occasions where officials missed on one or two things. But uh, we do workshops before we have our provincial championships where we workshop our officials in terms of officiating because we lack capacity in terms of coaching at our schools particularly in our ordinary public schools that's where we have difficulties because our teachers are volunteers they do academic work as well as extracurricular but then we are taking care of such kind of mistakes the administrator also believes they're bridging the gap between rural and public schools as well as private ones in terms of participation in events that are predominantly white. Malaleka reveals that the athletes are eager to learn, also adding that due to limited resources in the province, they lose athletes who excel in those events to other provinces. Last year, those that were at the provincial championships for high schools here at Pitamukaba Stadium will recall that we have a, a boy by the name of Chris Molea from Capricorn um, in the Zebediela area. Uh, we set a new record in high jump here at Peter Mkaba Stadium. The boy also went on to represent South Africa at the All-Africa Games uh, in 2015. So we are bridging the gap. We have equally competitive athletes from ordinary public schools. This talent needs somebody to come and tap into it. But also I'll um, I just mention that in bridging the gap, we have a girl by the name of Narmu Konyama, who is now at prestige school in Houten around Hamanskral. Um, she set a record and she still holds that record of girls 10, 1,200 meters. Nobody has, uh, in the country has, uh, has, has broken that record. So, but um, because Limpopo is so impoverished in terms of resources and institutions, um, now we have the University of Pretoria High School Academy for Athletics. They've recruited quite a number of athletes from our province. Uh, we have children like um, uh, Rimonelio Pasha, who's there at the Tekis uh, Academy, um, Prudence Khodiso, the names of um, Naramukanyama, as I've indicated, 
There is Shivandani. Uh, the list is, 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 is ongoing. So all the good athletes, competitive ones, medal uh, hopefuls, are being recruited by provinces with uh, resources, and we are strapped of the talent that we used to have here in the province. Learner safety has also been an issue for Maladeka's organization this year. In January, a learner from Musina Melon Hendrik Mukwevo died from injuries suffered during javelin practice at Gateway Primary School. Maladeka says they regret the incident, adding that they have invested a lot in safety. We invest a lot in safety. We, we have capacity building for first aid in our schools and in our provincial training. We do coaching which inculcates uh, technical expertise, the technical know-how, the application of the rules, as well as safety. It is very much unfortunate that uh, we had to lose life uh, in, in the beginning of the year because that was a school practice. And um, we take strong precautionary care in all the, the things that we do so that our athletes and officials, because it's not only athletes, but also officials who run the risk of uh, falling into the trap of being injured. But we take strong precautions. As you would have seen today here, we have demarcated all our um, activity areas and uh, no parents is allowed to get into the track and no person who is not uh, allowed or who don't have an access card uh, is allowed to get into uh, the track. So we, we take strong precautionary measures in that regard. You're listening to Sport on SAFM, the next best thing to being at the game. Well, that's it for SAFM Sports Wrap this evening. I can tell you that Asia Cup match is down to the wire. Bangladesh needing another three runs with uh, five wickets remaining, six balls uh, to go. They should get it, but the strange, stranger things have happened. They won 27 for five, chasing 130 for victory. We're back again tomorrow on PM Live, or rather I am, the PSL radio show. Second Jala returns at 6.30 tomorrow night. We'll have more sport for you tomorrow morning on AM Live with Janet Witten. On the other sides of your news, it is the talk shop with Naledi. I'll be back uh, tomorrow. Have yourself a great evening from myself and my producer, Siobhan Chetty. It is 7 o'clock and time for your news.